0: Hey friend, are you looking for episodes that dive deep into your Enneagram type or are you searching for faith-based insights that transform your life? With over 300 episodes on the Simply Wholehearted podcast, it's easy to get overwhelmed, but don't worry friend, I've got you covered introducing the curated personalized podcast playlist that is just for you based on your Enneagram type. So get your copy to help you continue your path of self-discovery and spiritual growth. You can get it at simplywholehearted.com or just click the link in the show notes to get your personalized playlist. And let's continue on this transformative journey together. Have you found yourself saying things like, am I ready for a potential emergency? Do I fit in? I do not feel safe. What am I supposed to do? If these are something you would say or they happen to be familiar phrase that you've heard from a loved one, you might be a six or, you know, an Enneagram six. I'd love to invite you today to join me on a journey of self-discovery and compassion to gain insights about this personality type who is often known as the loyalist, the security seeker, the questioner, and the courage advocate. If you happen to know a six or want others to know about the Enneagram six personality type, go ahead and follow that prompting to share this podcast episode with them. Just use that platform share feature so this episode can give others an opportunity to learn more about the qualities of the Enneagram 6. Hello and welcome to the Simply Wholehearted Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Wicks, your wholehearted living coach, and I'm so glad that you stopped by to spend some time with me. Are you curious about the Enneagram? Do you want to learn biblical truths? And have you wondered if there are life rhythms that will help you thrive? Well, friend, then you are in the right place. For six years, this podcast has focused on sharing conversations with my friends about life, business, motherhood, faith, and all things Enneagram from a Christian perspective. I truly understand what it's like to juggle everything as a wife, mom to three teenagers, a pup. And all while building a growing business, and friend, I haven't always done things with clarity, peace, or joy. But still, the Lord has taken my broken-hearted pieces and healed them, so I can live with wholehearted rhythms to provide women like you with a step-by-step process so you can get free of anxiety, shame, and frustrations that might be holding you back from thriving. I pray that the Lord speaks to you as you listen today and that you would invite your friends and family to join the fun conversations. Are you ready to laugh a little and learn a whole lot? Alrighty, let's get to the conversation. Now, what do you need to know about the Enneagram 6? Well, friend, We do need more time than what you would want to give in one sitting, because the nuances of each type are as varied as there are creatures in the vast ocean. But in this episode, I am going to offer a few highlights to help you understand more about the perspective of a six. As we dive in, I want you to know that if you want more Enneagram or specific Enneagram six resources and information, I've got loads to help you out. You can just head to the show notes for podcast recommendations and so much more. Today, I'm going to share some unique traits and insights into this fascinating personality, and then you'll get a firsthand account of an Enneagram six and her experience in the self-discovery and wholehearted process. And last, I would love to invite you to listen to the end because the wise and trustworthy Deanna Sudom will finish this episode with a scripture and prayer specifically for you or your loved one. What does an Enneagram 6 typically look like as a child? Well, they are likely very friendly, but they also have a propensity to anticipate danger or could tell you what the dangers are. They are likely to be very dependable and reliable. And when a 6 likes to push the limits, it's typically to question authority. And yes, Authority, of their parents, teachers, who is ever in charge is likely to get tested, right? It's important to be trusted. Many Enneagram 6 children search and look for security in their caregivers and establish authorities in their life. Of course, as often might happen in this fallen world, a sixth child may face experiences that are unpredictable, anything from a traumatic event confirming their worst fears, or maybe an unpredictable parent or caregiver that reinforces their habit of attention to plan for worst case scenario. Their phobic lens may cause them to filter phrases like, look out, or that doesn't sound like a good plan, or How do you know you're safe? As confirmation that they are unable to make good decisions, therefore cause codependent behaviors for advice and direction in their life. Now, sixes are motivated by their need for security. Yes. And it's important to know that I believe that every six both experiences the phobic and counterphobic patterns of behavior. Of course, when they're feeling phobic, they might be more outwardly fearful. And some sixes tend to stay in this lane more often. Well, others might be more counterphobic and they tend to confront the things that fear them instead of being as fearful. But regardless A six is going to seek approval and yet are very afraid inside or outside of their fears. Now, as a six continues to mature, they fear not having support or guidance specifically from their loved ones. This may lead to low self-confidence, constant worrying, and hypervigilance. Indecision and fear of failure can also lead to procrastination. The six's decision-making strength associates them with what is known as the head triad, the type five, six, and seven. They filter information through their thoughts first before deciding how to react or what emotions are involved. A type in the head triad will be led by their automatic reaction to their emotional struggle, which is anxiety. Another commonality of the types in the head triad are their desires for security. The six's anxiety may be unpredictable and inconsistent. Remember my side note about the phobic versus counterphobic? Well, in an effort to feel secure, the six's anxiety is often rooted in relationships, or they're looking to find it in relationships. They may desire closeness for reassurance, but then push them away when they feel smothered or overwhelmed and then their fears of abandonment and mistrust build, and they slip into anxiety and blame others for their broken relationships. Of course, this causes them to be stuck in self-doubt and anxiety, and their worst fears of broken relationships are realized, even though that is exactly what they were trying to avoid. The sixes communication preference falls within the dutiful stance of the Enneagram, and this means they rely more on others' opinions and desires. They come alongside the ideas or visions of others or group thinking for resolution. Their strength is being present-focused, and they tend to think, what needs to be done right now? And because of this, they might hyperfocus on the circumstances surrounding them, leading them to feel overwhelmed, and put a pause on future plans. And because they often see the worst case scenario and therefore feel the need to plan accordingly, that can prohibit them from not taking the next step towards their personal needs, wants, and desires. When understanding the sixes repression center, it's important to know that they too fall in the category of thinking repression, just like the type one and type two. Again, you think just fine, but the problem is the six thinks about managing potential scenarios, which often results in fear and anxiety about the future. And it's just not productive thinking because often what a six thinks about, ruminates and plans for doesn't actually happen. It doesn't come to fruition. And when a six is Operating in their more counterphobic, which I just consider their more courageous nature, they may not spend as much time thinking and they tend to be reactive to uncertain or unstable situations. And this isn't too surprising because what triggers the six or that thinking repression is anything that challenges their ideas of safety for those that you love and of course their personal self-confidence as well. The Enneagram Six is invited to be cognizant of their tendency to believe that if they are not 100% safe or in a stable environment, then they are in danger or it's wildly unstable. The invitation is to share and to have the courage to step into unknowns, believing that they will have what they need. And if you are a six, tune into this. When you're tempted to fear, pause and consider if you are genuinely in danger. Most things do require courage, and it's okay if you aren't confident yet. Say no to the fear and step into boldness. And here's a bonus. Second Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. When faced with loss and grief, the six may naturally grieve what is happening in the present or what is happening in the moment. So when there is loss, they may be overwhelmed with the grief and have a challenging time with typical demands of life, especially making plans too far in the future. It's so important to be patient with your specific grieving process as much as it is for others to understand that we each grieve uniquely and in our own time frame. Like all Enneagram types, the six's wings are on either side of its number on the diagram. Like a bird has two wings on either side, right? The Enneagram six wing five is a unique combination as they tend to struggle with their conflicting desires. Because the type six wants to band together and the type five tends to want to detach. So type six wing five is likely to be more vigilant for potential adversaries, but is also a mindful voice for the underdogs. The Enneagram 6 wing 7 tends to blend a little bit better. Both types are seen as sociable and enjoy finding new connections. And even though this type tends to be more anxious, they are warm and engaging and like to be a friend who looks out for problems, yet also is looking for fun. When S6 triggers are activated, they may self-sabotage and engage the low side of the three, becoming competitive and arrogant. They may even try to avoid their anxiety by becoming too busy and resisting trying anything new, especially if failure feels very possible. When they stay in constant motion and engage in this standoffish presence, they can give mixed messages to their close circle of people, and it may cut them off from the security that they desire in relationships. When a six practices rhythms of engaging in silence, silence helps them learn how to attune to God's voice, which of course is not always easy to recognize, but it's very hearable. This will open the door to encounter Jesus, the true loyalist. Your brokenhearted moments can be transformed into wholehearted healing as you declare these true statements. May I acknowledge and release my fears to a trustworthy God. May I receive the courage that is offered to me in this moment. And may I embrace the faith to believe in the best possible scenario. When the constant noise from the worst-case scenario threatens to drown out your peace, place your trust in what is true. Move your heart to reflective gratitude for all the ways the Lord has come through you before. When you engage in rhythms of silence, you discover your courage found in Christ. I love that A.J. Sherrill advises Enneagram Sixes to utilize the discipline of Scripture memory in their spiritual rhythms. So when disappointment and fears feel insurmountable, the word of the Lord can be a safe refuge for you. And the season of the church calendar to pay special attention to is Advent. Advent is the reminder that light is coming and we won't have to stay in darkness. But we can also acknowledge that we're living between the here and not yet. Advent provides hope that whatever happens, God's sovereign purposes do prevail. In addition to spiritual rhythms, here are practical tips for a six to remember. First, practice declaring statements that shift your focus from glass half empty to glass half full. Even if it's not 100% positive, call the mind what is good in this moment or actually went better than expected. Second, Trust your decision-making skills. While you seek advice and counsel, limit your circle of gurus and then believe that the Lord gave you the capability to make great and wonderful decisions. Third, give yourself time to discern if your concern is actual insight or just projection. A good rule of thumb is insight is not tied to emotion. So, if your emotions are high, take a little bit longer to discern what is true. Now, would you like to meet an Enneagram 6? I am so thrilled that this Enneagram 6 said yes to the special spotlight moment. Sonia Scott has been in this wholehearted community for a while. And while we have recently finally gotten to meet on Zoom, We spent years getting to know each other through this wonderful app called Voxer. Anyway, I cannot wait for you to hear her story and her journey of discovering her Enneagram type to how she now uses it alongside her counseling training. Hi, my name is Sonia Scott. I
1: currently live in Thousand Oaks, California, and this is my wholehearted journey. I was first introduced to the Enneagram about eight years ago while living in Missouri. At the time, I had a four-year-old and an infant. I was 33 years old, married, and living in a city with no family. The Lord blessed us by connecting our lives to two sisters, both of whom loved the Lord and our little family. The Enneagram came up one day as a passing conversation about an assessment and numbers and personality types. I honestly had one ear in the conversation. And while this kind of thing would have typically sent me on a tailspin of research, I think I must have been too overwhelmed to give it too much thought. Nonetheless, over the years, the idea of the Enneagram and what it could tell me about myself continued to cross my mind as I struggled with questions of who am I? What do I have to offer the world? Am I in fact just broken beyond repair? How do I find my identity and purpose? Fast forward to 2020. I had spent several more years ruminating over these questions while leaning into my faith to help quell the anxiety-inducing thoughts and feelings that arise when you are just so unsure of your identity. Nonetheless, it was at this point that I decided to do a little more research on the Enneagram. I looked for Enneagram books, and I believe by divine appointment ran across the book, The Road Back to You. I mean, one glance at the title and I thought, jackpot. God had already challenged my sense of self and what I believed to be true in a church service several months earlier. He assured me that the person I had become was more of a defense mechanism than what he originally intended in his creation of my personality. I took that message to heart, but had no clue how to rediscover his original creation. This book seemed it could be the guidance I needed. I'm not sure if this resonates, but this book for me was like someone taking me gently by the hand and guiding me down a path of self-revelation. With each step, I felt more known, more seen, and more loved. I was able to really see me for the very first time and embrace that even in the more challenging representations of my type, the six, I was there. For me, this recognition was like a lightning bolt that I have sought to confirm over and over again in various ways. I followed up my reading with the Riso and Hudson assessment. I bought more books than the law should allow and began my deep dive into Enneagram podcast. Next came registration for summits and sharing my excitement about this tool with my loved ones. My husband and daughters were quickly intrigued as they could see a light and passion in my eyes that my husband acknowledged he had not seen in a while. I immediately wanted to share not only what I had learned, but light the path for him to engage with the Enneagram. I first began to consider working with an Enneagram coach in October of 2021. I felt fairly certain about my type but wanted some guidance around how to be my most healthy self as a six. My daughters had reentered a new school post-COVID, and I felt so overwhelmed by worst-case scenarios and learning to trust this new environment. I knew through my research that these were trademark challenges for a six, but had no clue how to overcome the daily buildup of anxiety and angst. At that time, Amy was offering a DIY coaching package, an offer that met me both at my point of need and level of comfort. Each session challenged me to lean into Christ more and to know myself in a more deep and compassionate way. After our five sessions together, Amy and I continued to stay in contact as I engaged with her on many of her other platforms, eventually signing up for her wholehearted summit. My mind was being blown at every turn. I began to experience a better relationship with myself, more intimacy in my relationship with my creator and my husband. I'd found that what being made in his image meant for me specifically and I wanted others to have the same opportunity. With a background in family and marriage therapy and a prior career in providing mental health therapy to families and children, I yearned to find a way back into helping others. And the Enneagram seemed to be the tool that would allow me to come alongside people that may be yearning to grow and knowing themselves more and embracing what they find. It was evident to me that becoming a coach myself was the answer. After several months of weighing the pros and cons and discussing the idea with my husband, I decided to reach out to Amy for a little guidance on what training program to move forward with. Each step for me has been wrought with second-guessing and feelings of inadequacy. But just as I think maybe I should reevaluate my decision and take a step back, the Lord has used Amy to come alongside me with words of encouragement or an opportunity that thrusts me into action again. I have learned that I experienced those moments as a counterphobic six. As opposed to retreating from all of the concerns and possible worst case scenarios, I'd dive right in and give an immediate yes. An example of this came after I completed my training through your Enneagram coach. I had reached the end of the training modules and continued to dive into book after book, growing my knowledge as my voracious five wing ate up every detail. Nonetheless, I was convincing myself that I just wasn't ready to test yet. Maybe if I went back through the modules a second time, took more notes, listened to a few more podcasts, read a couple more books, then I would be ready. My younger daughter at this time, who is decidedly not a six, used her strong and determined voice to spur me along. I could see how both of my daughters were looking to me to be the example of what my husband and I have told them. Find your passion and dive in with both feet. Therefore, on a random weekday afternoon when no one was watching and the only expectations I had to manage were my own, I embraced a window of confidence and excitement, sat down to take the test as quickly as any counterphobic six would do, and honestly passed with flying colors. I have learned that this process of becoming self-aware and seeing myself as God created me that I had to take advantage of those moments when being counterphobic thrust me into action. I have to run toward the fear and trust God through the process. Over time, it has become easier, but I'm still known to overthink things from time to time. Being introduced to the Enneagram all those years ago went from being a blip on my radar to the tool that God is using to bless my marriage, my mothering, personal relationships, and speak the message that my heart longs to hear. The message that has become the name of my coaching practice. I am any enough. I am enough for all that God has called me to and created me to do. He has blessed me with a unique lens through which I see and embrace the world. And while that is not perfect or complete, it is just what I need to be enough.
2: Type 6 friend, this is Diana Sudham. You have been created to reflect the faithfulness of God, sometimes referred to as the loyal guardian. You have a fierce loyalty with others once you've established trust and will be faithful until the end when that is reciprocated. I sense this is the quality of God that He wants you to know about Him. He will be faithful to the end with you, when all other people might let you down. He never will. I have two portions of Scripture to remind you in whom to put your trust. Psalm 56 verse 4 in NIV says, In God whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Father, thank you for these hard working, committed, and brave ones. Send them people that will reciprocate their loyalty and commitment, ones that are trustworthy and safe places for them to voice their concerns and have a place of security. Thank you for how you formed them in your likeness and made them uniquely able to spot potential problems before they even develop. Lord, reassure these problem solvers that this is who you are for them. We are grateful for their desire for justice and the ability to walk in your law with respect for rules and authorities. Lord, help them when fears and anxiety arise to pause and try to understand what the root of these reactions are. Show them how to interrupt these patterns of thinking that spiral them to insecurity, to be able to take these thoughts captive unto you. Give them strength to confront their fears. Clear their vision, Lord, to see things as they really are. God, thank you for the influence these responsible type sixes have in this world and in systems and bringing order. Let them be aware of how their mood can affect others and how their perception of the way they are being seen may be skewed in this but how you are not a god of confusion but of peace give them a sense of your presence in the midst of their struggles thank you for their quick-witted sense of humor and how you use this as well for them to create community and change lord we ask for the mind of christ over them so that they are aligned with you in thought and words will you use their gifts for the benefit of others? and to the glory of your name. I pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Woo, that'll preach. <laughs> Thank you, Deanna. That was so good. Now, I imagine if you're a six, you really love that. I also hope that you feel affirmed, valued, and championed by this episode. Now, if you know a six, I imagine that they would so appreciate that you've taken the time to learn more about how they view the world and that you do see that they are way more than the stereotypes out there. It would bring me so much joy if you would share this episode with them, your six friend, or maybe your other friends who need to know more about a six and maybe even share a little bit of extra encouragement to the sixes in your life celebrate their loyalty and and the safety that they add to your life and of course just let them know that you celebrate them for who they are in this moment and We're finally wrapping up the series next week. Can you believe it? Yes, the spring series is about to end and we're about to jump into a special 300th anniversary celebration and a super fun summer series. But the seven, of course, we saved the best for last, right? We have to grow in our patience. I know it's so cruel, but hey, we can do it. Until next time you tune in, continue to pursue God's perspective, purpose, and plans for your simply wholehearted life.